So, we're in this series about looking at church, um, and I've been tasked with talking about ambassadors, us being ambassadors, um, and how we're described as ambassadors in the Bible, and what does that mean, and what does that look like, um, and what does that um, mean for us? We're, um, have, we, have we got the PowerPoint? Is it working? Oh, yeah, look at that. I was trying to think of what picture would be useful to donate an ambassador, and I thought maybe a handshake was a good one, um, just that meeting, greeting, um, and quite a pleasant thing. Um, the next slide should be 2 Corinthians 5, 20, uh, well, 16 to 21. I'm just going to read it out. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When you hear the term ambassador, what do you think of? This is an open question, so feel free to shout out a couple of words that come to mind, maybe. Representing, yep. Foreigner. Interesting. Meetings and cocktail parties. (laughs) Stiff upper lip English, okay. I missed that one. A go-between, yep. Embassy, wonderful. Um, So we're kind of, there's a little element there of nations and country representatives, um, which is exactly what comes to my mind, first of all, when I think of an ambassador. It's the kind of national country representative. Um, And for a country's ambassador to do their work... Um, They need to know their country. They need to know their culture. They need to know what their leaders are thinking so that they know what they're representing. There's this great word called a plenipotentiary. Sam and I were talking about it the other day and couldn't spell it for a long time. Plenipotentiary or ambassador extraordinaire. And this is an ambassador who has full authority um, to make decisions on behalf of that government. And I feel maybe actually... Plenipotentiary is kind of the word for us. We have full authority of Holy Spirit within us. But this, this uh, concept of the country ambassador, um, it's not a ceremonial position. It's like attention to detail, um, a thorough understanding of the expectations their government's put on them and what the state requires of them. They need to know their stuff. And that seems like a very high-pressure situation. However, I think there's something uh, more important or more vital than purely knowing stuff. And the real thing is belief. I think when you're representing something, if you really believe in it, if you really agree with it, if you own it and want it yourself, if you love it and live it, then I think it becomes easier to be that representative. When a country's choosing their ambassador, they don't, uh, or in a Lincoln 
charities and organizations have ambassadors as well. They don't just send someone who knows a little bit of information on the topic, but they send someone who they believe will own it and defend it and declare it, love it, fight for it, because they believe in it themselves. Um, I've currently, or I've just recently moved jobs, um, uh, but for a long time, for nearly six years, I worked for a charity called XLP. And um, in the first two months um, of my job there, I was asked to do a funding application um, for one of our projects. Um, and so I gathered a bit of information and a few statistics and talked to a few colleagues about what I could get together um, and submitted this um, application. And um, then I was asked by my boss at the time to be the person who went to the um, uh, ward assembly meeting um, to present this application verbally in front of a crowd like yourselves, um, who would be the ones that decided where the money went. And you have multiple charities, um, and it would be a little bit of a competition. And I was only two months in. And I knew a little bit of information, and I declared it, and I said it. But I hadn't experienced XLP fully yet. I hadn't met young people and um, the work that we were doing with young people in the city. I hadn't met or experienced any of the stories of change. And so when people started asking questions after my presentation for me to defend what we were doing or to be able to declare it, it was pretty difficult. Fast forward about four years later, and I had the privilege of leading a team to a partner charity in Ghana. Uh, we were working with a school out there, and we'd put on a sports day, got the whole community involved, and um, multiple teams, multiple schools um, in the area. And the national, uh, sorry, the local, not the national, the local uh, radio station got wind of this um, and came along and wanted to interview some people about what we were doing and what was happening. And I'd been at XLP for four years, and I relished the idea of being able to explain exactly what we were doing, because I'd experienced it. I'd owned it. I started to live it and love it. I think there's this uh, idea of, as an ambassador, you need that initial input to be able to output. Yeah? You need that initial input to be able to represent. You can't just do it. Blind. You can't just go into a situation and be, I am representing this, and I don't even know what this is. You need that input. You need to have understanding, experience, encounter. We might call it blessed to be a blessing. It's the input that differentiates us from worldly things, and it's the input that we are ambassadors of. God is that input, really. And what I should have said at the head of this um, talk, really, is that there's multiple options uh, that I could talk about in this ambassador. Like there's, so, there's a massive wealth of uh, conversations to be had here, and I'm just going to try and pick out one aspect that I felt was particularly on my mind and that God was putting on my heart, if I can be so bold to say. And uh, So if God is this input, do we know about him or have we experienced him? Have we information on him or have we encountered him? I think there might be a knowledge vote. What's the next one? Oh, that's me. Sorry, I'm, I've, I've not directed you well. We're there. Oh, no worries. It's not a problem. So, yes, yeah, this idea of knowledge versus experience and information versus encounter. 
Do we know our God? Have we got information on our God? Or have we encountered and experienced him for ourselves? As you all know, I'm a big football fan. And um, uh, Katie, unfortunately, has to sit through me watching football matches and uh, getting excited about playing football and getting up early and uh, the muddy boots and all of that kind of stuff. And um, like many of you here, maybe you might side with Katie and don't understand how people love something kicking a lump of leather around so much. And I thought, what would be a great idea is if Katie didn't just know it and have information about football, she's doing well, she's picking up the rules, she knows a few players, but actually experienced it. I was like, if she's on the terraces and can hear the songs, if she can feel the atmosphere, if she can see the lights and the display and the everything going on, the fire, there's no fireworks, but that display, then she might actually really appreciate it. She might see it for what I see it as. Unfortunately, <laughs> I took it to Crystal Palace versus Brighton and I ended nil-nil. Murray injured his knee, so there was a stoppage of about 15 minutes. So it didn't quite work to plan <laughs> in that story. And when I was preparing this talk, I was reminded of one of my favourite um, talks of all time by a guy called Louis Giglio. Um, and he, this is from years and years and years ago, and he talks about this concept of information versus encounter. And he uses Krispy Kremes as an analogy. Is everybody familiar with Krispy Kreme donuts? And he does this whole talk about, um, he introduces them to where they were founded. They're established 100 years ago. He talks about where the head office is. He talks about the, the helpline and their vision statement. And he gives all this information. And then he grabs one out of the box and he eats it. And he goes, it doesn't matter the Krispy Kreme people don't care how much they know or how much you know about when they were established. They just want you to experience it, to encounter it, to taste it. That's the idea of being a difference between pure information and encounter. Sometimes I feel that the church, me included, know a lot of stuff. And we come on a Sunday and we learn more things. And we seek to know more because we sometimes think that's what will get, win us arguments, that will help us in our evangelism. It will distinguish our own doubts when we know more. And please hear me right, knowledge of God's word and character and the history and the context are incredibly useful things, insightful, and I wholeheartedly encourage it. But there's a whole other level when we encounter our God, the living God Almighty. One of uh, the great examples of the Bible, uh, in the Bible of this is Saul. Um, I was going to read out Acts 9, 1 to 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Let's skip to verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles 
and their kings to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Saul knew so much about God, about Jesus. He knew everything there was to know, really. And he was persecuting them. He knew what they stood for, and he was murdering them. He had the information, but he hadn't had the encounter until this point. Now, can I be honest? I've never had a flash from heaven that's blinded me. I've never heard an audible voice. Sometimes I struggle with planned prayer meetings, sung worship, isn't natural to me. I enjoy the music, but I analyze the lyrics. And if you ever notice me, and everybody's going to start watching me when I worship, won't they? But if you ever notice me, I'm not always singing. I'm very analytical in my approach. I struggle to meditate. I struggle to devote that time to sit down and listen. And many of my friends experience God, encounter God through those mechanisms. Meditation silent retreats, natural beauty of the world and traditional sung worship. But I struggle with it. I'm conscious of time. I'd like... I thought I was going to talk very quickly, but... I was going to ask if people wanted to kind of share maybe some of their encounters. But I'm going to share a couple of mine and maybe in the response we can maybe incorporate a bit of sharing as well. Um, Soul Survivor, we got a plug for Soul Survivor earlier. I know the young people aren't here anymore. But... When I went to Soul Survivor as a leader once, on the first day, we go into this large tent where 10,000 young people can gather. I literally just walked through the door and I was overwhelmed with the spirit. That's not a normal experience for me at all. And James Haley, who many of you may know, um, a good friend of mine, was there with me. And we were having a bit of a prayer time that, that um, evening. And he just shared a prophetic word with me. And he was talking about, God sees me as a strong and mighty oak. Now, my name means strong and mighty oak. And there was this moment of realization that God knows me by name. That was the experience that I don't normally get, that I struggle with. And Nick, when you were saying that it's like a slog, and sometimes we all get quite excited, but not everybody's here, and... Uh, in the same stage as we are. I'm like that so much of the time. I don't know if you go to meetings and you see loads of things happening, you're there going, is it just me? How is everybody else experiencing this or encountering? That's me so much of the time. But I cling to these moments. There's another, I've shared this before, but worship time in Romania when um, one of the guys out there picked up a guitar, started singing a worship song, one that we'd recognize here, but in Romanian. And we started singing in English. And these two languages together praising God were just a moment of like utter realization of the magnitude of my God. And that there, this present moment, there, now, potentially worshiping on a Sunday morning, and we're together in that. When it comes to being an ambassador, knowledge and information are good but encounter and experience are incredible. I shared the example of Paul, uh, Saul, um, but other examples of Moses coming back from Mount Sinai with his face shining because he's experienced and encountered God. There's the blind man in John 9 who knew of this Jesus, but then was healed, had this encounter, and was able to be an ambassador. 
Isaiah, um, in Isaiah 6, who sees God Almighty, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that encounter changes him forever. And he goes, how can I not be an ambassador? How can I not be the one that is sent out into the world? What I really want from this message um, is for us to be vibrant ambassadors for God. When we have head knowledge, it takes us so far. When we have a real encounter with the living God, it's another level. As I've said, I'm a head knowledge kind of guy. I analyze things. I like to read and study rather than sit and pray and worship. It's my personal, it's just my personality. But what I want to encourage is that that isn't something that can stop us. That is for everyone, and it happens in different ways. Saul knew everything about Jesus, but the encounter changed him forever. The blind man knew of Jesus, but the encounter changed him forever. The lady at the well knew of a Messiah, but the encounter changed her forever. Yeah, your experience won't be the same as mine. The woman at the well was different to the blind man, was different to Moses's, was different to Isaiah's, was different to Paul's, and was different to mine. I've got loads more to say, really, but I think it'd be great if we have a time of response. Um, And if you guys are willing to kind of lead that, it'd be wonderful. Great.